the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's amazing what a difference one letter can make. In this case, we're just talking about adding a U, the letter U. Uh, I'm going to play you something that I heard somewhere this morning. I can't remember where, but when I did, I decided to steal it or use it. I wanted you to hear it again. Uh, But I went to uh, YouTube and found it, and it's easy to find. It's from almost half my life ago. We're coming up on 2024 right now. This is 1984. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? And there's where the letter U comes in. That was talking about mourning in America. Uh, We are now mourning for America, and that's why we add the U, of course. Uh, That's a TV ad, so as usual, radio doesn't do it justice, but you can check it out on my Twitter feed, at SteigerWorld, or just search for it on YouTube. Easy to find, Reagan Morning in America ad. And if things weren't bad enough already, the demented crook in the White House was threatening us with another vaccine over the weekend, and masks are starting to pop up again. I've seen a couple. When we come back, we'll talk to a guy who was telling everybody that masks were useless long before it was cool. That would be John Tierney of City Journal. He's a Pittsburgh guy, by the way. He'll tell you why you should refuse to wear one the next time you're told to. And in our second half hour, things in Canada are even worse than they are here, if you can believe that. We'd like to check in uh, just to see how bad, we'd like to check in up there just to see how uh, bad things are in their liberal utopia every once in a while, because it could very well be a preview of what's headed here if we don't get things turned around and get control from the liberals. We'll have Joe Warmington, columnist for the Toronto Sun, to give us an update on Justin Trudeau trying to turn Canada into Cuba. Stick around. Well, on Friday in Mount Lebanon and yesterday in Upper St. Clair, I saw two perfectly healthy-looking men, seemed to be both in their 40s, uh, wearing masks. One was walking down the street by himself in Mount Lebanon, by himself, on the sidewalk. Uh, It can't be happening again, can it? The big guy was talking about a new vaccine over the weekend, too. John Tierney is a contributing editor at City Journal who was pointing out the stupidity of masks long before it was cool. He's a Pittsburgh guy, and he joins us now. John, good to have you back on again. Great to be back, John. So I can't believe that uh, we're we're actually talking about this again, 
But here we are. Um, <laughs> has the insanity <laughs> officially returned, do you think? Well, it's getting there, you know. I mean, the, uh, the mainstream press is full of, quoting these experts that we have to mask up. You know, the CDC is still saying that, you know, that you should uh, wear a mask on indoor public transportation. Everyone should. And that if the COVID rate gets up, we should all wear them again, too. And uh, here in New York State, in, in Syracuse, two hospitals are now have reinstated the mask mandate, which really makes you wonder, do you want to go to a hospital that it pays no attention to the science on masks. Um, you know, there's a Hollywood Studios done at a college in Atlanta has just reinstated it. I mean, the, the maskaholics are just never going to give up their obsession. I'm afraid. Uh, before we get to the evidence that masks were and are a waste of time, what, what do we know about the damage they caused the last time? Well, we know that uh, uh, there's a dozens of studies before COVID had had demonstrated this effect that's called mask-induced exhaustion syndrome. It's you know low levels of carbon dioxide, difficulty breathing, dizziness, headaches. Uh, diminished ability to concentrate and think. Yeah, uh, they surveyed New York City health care workers during the pandemic, and you know, um, nearly three quarters of them said that the masks were giving them headaches. Almost a quarter said that uh, that it impaired their cognition. You know, just what you want when you're when yeah. you're getting health care is someone who's. Uh, whose cognition is, is diminished. And, um, and so we know that, uh, I mean, they obviously have all these social effects um, on, you know, people can't see each other's emotions, especially bad for kids. And, you know, there was a big study that of course didn't get much attention. That was published in the Lancet this year, funded by Bill Gates, who loves masks, you know, yeah, and, um, and they had, and they had dozens of researchers from six universities, um, including, I think maybe Pitt, I, I'd have to check that, but, um, and they looked at, at all 50 states that, you know, their various lockdown policies and mass measures and looked at the rates of COVID infection and deaths in the states. And they just did not find any significant relationship between mass mandates and, you know, and, and bad COVID outcomes, uh, no relation with the other lockdown measures too, you know, closing restaurants, bars, yeah. gyms, uh, stay at home shelter orders. So, you know, and that's, I mean, I've written before for city journal about, you know, other studies, uh, you and I spoke about this, you know, this Cochrane review, the preeminent medical authority that yep. looked at the clinical trials and said the masks probably make little or no difference um, in in the spread of respiratory illnesses. Uh, um, so, you know, there's been all this evidence of this, and yet they just keep clinging to it as if it's, I mean, I compare them in the City Journal piece that they're kind of like the uh, the villagers in Cambodia who put magic scarecrows in front of their huts to ward off the coronavirus. But the difference is it's not really fair to the villagers because at least their scarecrows didn't hurt anyone else. You know, we, I mean, we know that the masks are causing harmful effects. Right. The, uh, you know, this one thing that this um, study by Gates, found, funded by the Gates Foundation, uh, reported the one significant effect of mask mandates when they looked at various outcomes was that fourth graders' test scores declined in places with mask mandates? Yeah. Um, you know, which is not surprising. It's hard to learn anything when when you and the teacher are masked. Yeah, I, I uh, it's it's just stunning to me. Um, in your piece today, this I thought this was a great point. Um, you you point out that 
no drug, uh, you just mentioned some of the side effects that lots of really smart people have decided actually happened. Uh, you, you point out that no drug with all these potential side effects would be recommended, much less mandated for the entire population. Uh, so why was, and I guess it's coming, what is the exception made here? Um, you know, it, it, there was this hysteria early on, you know, before the pandemic, the, the plans for the CDC, for Canada, for the UK, for European countries, the experts all said, don't mask the public. There's no proof that it works. We know it has downsides. But, you know, th- there was a sort of media hysteria. There was a sociologist at the New York Times, a columnist there, who mounted a big campaign and and by one report, the CDC said that was the tipping point, and they just flipped their recommendation. I think they wanted to be seen as doing something, and you know, and and they just didn't even want to consider the downside. And you know, I mean, and, and the counterexamples, it's just in City Journal, we've been running the, you know, we've run a graph a couple times showing that throughout the pandemic, every you know, if you look at the weekly mask policies in every state and the weekly COVID uh, infections, they're just identical in the states with mandates or without mandates throughout the pandemic. I mean, that ought to do it. And, you know, in Sweden, you know, the government in Sweden, uh, which is um, their, uh, their health officials were actually saying about this. They did not panic and they recommended not wearing masks because they knew there were downsides to them. And Sweden did better than virtually every country in Europe. Everybody seems to know that if they, well, if they, they may not agree with it, they may think that the studies are flawed or they may just not trust whoever did the studies. But it's not like that stuff's not out there now. Back when you first started writing about this, you might have been a, a somewhat of a, a voice in the in the wilderness there because, every, as you said, there was so much media hysteria that anybody that pushed back was considered insane. But it's not like this stuff is new now, is it? Hasn't it been out there? And, and is it could it possibly be only uh, – as a, re- a result of people just refusing to admit they were wrong? Could it be any more? I think that, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I think that's it among the experts, among, among all the, you know, the mainstream journalists who just pushed these masks, among the CDC officials who, you know, who kept pushing them. You know, they asked Rachel Walensky when she was CDC director in Congress, well, what about this Cochrane review? Isn't that the gold standard? And she goes, well, no, not really. I mean, you would never do this with the drugs. Say, well, it flunked its clinical trials, but let's make everyone take it anyway. Uh, and and I think that it's it's probably that experts don't want to admit they were wrong. The journalists don't want to admit it. And I think the people who wore masks for a long time. I mean, I wrote one column for City Journal, you know, cognitive dissonance that that once you go through something like a hazing process, you want to believe it was worth it because you know you suffered and you've done this yeah. and. And and so people hate to admit, God, I, I was wearing that stupid mask for you know, for a year and it was worth nothing. So you want to tell yourself it must have done something, even if they can't figure out anything. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but I've I'm officially I've made it public that I will. I'm sure this will you know affect millions of people, but I will not <laughs> wear a mask. Uh, I've, I've informed my wife that she's if, if Giant Eagle requires a mask and she wants to go in and shop. She can go in. I ain't going in with her. And I told her, we're getting food. If she doesn't want to go in, if it's just me, we'll see how she ends up reacting to it. But I've decided that the only way I'll be getting groceries if the if it requ- if you're required to wear a mask and to go in is to have them delivered. And I won't set foot in a restaurant that requires one. Are you ready to go there yet? 
Oh, I, 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 I'm pretty much that way. My wife was basically getting huge fights at Broadway theaters when she would just keep taking her mask off and the ushers would keep coming down. They almost threw us out of one play. Really? For doing it. Yeah. The, um, you know, it, uh, one commenter in my article at NCD Journal, he posted a Dr. Seuss type thing about masks. Have you heard this? It's pretty funny. No, no. And here it is. I will not wear it on my face. I will not wear it any place. I will not wear it to get in. I will not wear it on my chin. I will not wear it on my ear. I will not wear it out of fear. I will not wear your stupid mask. I will not wear it. Do not ask. That's tremendous. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So you can tell the giant eagle that then. I think. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if it's coming there, but it, you know, it was there. I've seen it, so. Uh, if if it's come if it's coming that's what it's coming to I think I don't think it's going to be like well you know it, it might be a good idea for you to wear a mask it's not it's not going to be that um, th- that intelligent or then it's not going to have that kind of common sense to it it's going to be everybody's got to wear a mask because it's either it's either preventing disease or it's not it can't be you can't, can't be left up to choice can it once they decide that they work. Because if you don't well, take that means have, you don't care about everybody else. It's just you. Uh, right, yourself. that it's for the common good that you're not yeah. protect, you're protecting other people. But I, mean, I wonder if at some point, you know, uh, there may be some liability. One thing I mentioned in this piece is a, 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 stu- a big study that came out from Germany where they pointed out that, that wearing a mask, uh, you rebreathe as carbon dioxide. And they went through the literature and said, look, people, mask, people who wear a mask for a while, especially an N95 mask, you're getting... Uh, levels of carbon dioxide that have been declared toxic you know, for causing bad effects on on the cognitive, cardiovascular, respiratory systems. And, and there's also been research about linking, linking high levels of breathing carbon dioxide to stillbirths. And that's why the Navy, when female crews started serving, they were so concerned by that that they set a limit on the, uh, on the carbon dioxide levels in submarines. And that level is exceeded by people on masks. And these researchers, you know, point that there was an increase of stillbirths during the pandemic around the world and, and in the U.S. too. Not in Sweden, though, where, you know, where the government, right. where people did, did not wear them. So I wonder if at some point lawyers are going to start suing, you know, and saying, look, why did you impose this mask mandate? Yeah. My client, you know, suffered these effects. I, it, I mean, that might scare them off. I don't know. Yeah. And here's the evidence that they had at their um they, they had access to that they could have looked at uh, or they either looked at it and ignored it there'd be a lot of evidence against them i, I got another thing uh, there's a restaurant out in mount lebanon that i go to a lot i won't mention the name but the guy became kind of a hero because he refused to shut down during the lockdown and what he said to me the other day when i when i i, I actually was in there i think friday and i i had just seen the masks i had just driven down i just driven through mount lebanon and seen a guy, as I mentioned in an introduction to you, I saw a guy walking down the street with a mask on. He brought back terrible memories because a lot of people in Mount Lebanon were doing that, walking outside with masks. And yeah. I, sa- I said, is it coming again? He said, here's, what, here's the mistake we made. I said, well, you were a hero the last time because you, you opened. He said, yeah, but we made, everybody made a mistake. The only way to beat this stupidity is everybody shut down. No deliveries, no no restaurants open, Giant Eagle shuts down. This will never happen. But if, right. if it was a 100% lockdown, no restaurants, no pizza shops, no no convenience stores open, no gas stations, it would, it would be over in a half an hour. Nobody, people well, would say, well, I'm going to yeah. die before I put up with that. 
Right. No, I, I, well, it was so selective because basically the people imposing those orders, were, you know, white collar workers, the, you know, the laptop class, they could keep working. So yep, yep. they didn't care how much, how many brick and mortar businesses they hurt, how many, you know, it just, it was terrible. You know, the, the sheer and, and, you know, the fact that adults did this to kids, you know, this, we are still, you know, just about the only country in the world that masks toddler. The, the CDC still recommends masking two-year-olds. And, you know, the World Health, no country in Europe masks kids that young. And countries there were exempting, you know, kids under 12. But we're st- you know, the CDC is still recommending this against the advice of the World Health Organization for toddlers. It's just insane. Yeah, well, you uh, wrote in your piece, and we're talking to John Tierney of City Journal. Uh, you can find him at city-journal.org. Um, uh, you wrote about, uh, science feedback. What is science feedback? Capital S, capital F. Yeah, it's very misnamed. I'll tell you. <laughs> it is a group. It, it's just, it's a, 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 a private group that Facebook hires to do its fact checking. And they're the ones when I wrote in you know, one of the first articles about the harm, about the harms of wearing masks for kids, they la- labeled that article partly false. And we appealed this ruling, um, and, and, and basically, um, we were hoping somebody at Facebook would at least look at this, but instead they let this group that, that had, that had slapped this red flag on the article, they let this group basically be, you know, judge, uh, be its own judge when it was challenged. And it, and it wrote this long, long thing back, and I quoted from them in another piece. Um, and they they could not identify any inaccuracies in the story, but and they and, but they basically just said we're not removing it, but because and they offered these just ridiculous explanations, and they kind of flatly declared masks are safe for two year olds, you know, without presenting any evidence at all. They quoted a left leaning group proclaiming that, and ignored the fact that the World Health Organization, you know, doesn't think they're safe. So this group is, and they're still working with Facebook. Um, and, and they're still basically refusing to accept, uh, the evidence showing that failed to find any effectiveness from mass. They just said, well, yeah, that Cochrane review that, yeah, they're the gold standard, but we, but we don't really think, you know, uh, the effects are too subtle and we still think they work. And so it's crazy that a group calling itself science feedback doesn't actually listen to science feedback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, we're finishing up here with John Tierney of uh, City Journal. How do you like the chances of the reduction in the number of sheep who are going to be willing to wear these uh, things uh, compared to last time? I, I just get the I talk to a lot of people who say it's not happening, not doing it, forget it. Right, right. I mean, I mean, the other thing is that you know, ninety-seven percent of people have antibodies to COVID now. You know, so I mean, everybody's been expo- been infected or vaccinated or both. So, and that's what I've heard from some people saying, yeah, it's th- that's just over now. So. I, so I think there will be fewer sheep, but I think for some people, you know, it becomes, a, I mean, the Japanese, um, they have psychiatrists there that deal with, you know, basically a mask syndrome, they call it, because people get so used to wearing masks that they like hiding behind them and they don't yep. want to take them off. They mm-hmm. don't want to show their face. And, and I think it's a big virtue signaling thing for some people. And it's a way it's their version of a MAGA hat. So you wear it to, to show that. Well, I saw a video just a few days ago of a woman at a football game sitting by herself in the stands being (laughs) roughed up by a security guard because she didn't want to put a mask on. Outside, football game, sitting on a bench in a bleacher, and nobody around her. And they they, they Really? Oh, yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that was going on. 
And that's what's coming again if they make us wear the masks, John. I hope uh, everybody reads your piece to see how stupid they were and continue to be. I, I thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for spreading the word, John. You've done great work. Thanks. All right. Thank you. That's John Tierney, Pittsburgh guy at City Journal. We'll be right back. Well, we mentioned in the last segment that over the last 30 or 40 years, we've gone from mourning in America with Ronald Reagan to mourning for America with the uh, demented crook who's in office right now. As bad as things may seem to have gotten with liberals in control of almost everything uh, here in the U.S., it could be worse. You could be living in Canada. That's where Joe Warmington lives. He's a columnist and a reporter for the Toronto Sun. He joins us now. Joe, it's been a while. Good to have you back. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's good to be with you. It's sort of one of these times where both uh, Canada and the U.S. are really, you know, looking in the mirror and going on, and it's not good. Yeah, well, I've seen videos uh, on different places, uh, Twitter and uh, other places, of women in their cars crying. They, they, they can't. One woman just the other day. I mean, I know this is isolated stuff, and you can't take everything you see online for you know as the the, the gospel, but. These women are crying about they they can't uh, they they don't have enough money to afford to fill up their car and go to work and then be able to also buy food. Um, one woman crying saying she's leaving Canada she can't do it anymore. Um, how bad is it? And how how, how reflective well, it's, of, uh, of no, it is a, that? It's at a crisis stake. I mean the country the country's economics the economy is crumbling, and it's uh, infrastructure in terms of what you're used to whether it's insurance or medical or just basic buying groceries, uh, that kind of stuff. It's all gone. It's uh, People are pressing those buttons and it's going, poof, there's nothing there. In the meantime, Prime Minister Trudeau, lowest in, he's ever been in the polls, he's basically, if, he w- if his name wasn't Trudeau and he wasn't who he is, he would be out right now. Uh, so, you know what? Uh, I think we're bracing ourselves for what's going to be a very ugly 2024. Interesting, you mentioned about the people that are on you know, they're, they give those testimonials, if you will, on social media. I, I talk to a lot of people, and I talk to a woman that I know well uh, who has a condo in Toronto, and she had her condo rate at around 2.5%, and now it's up to 6.5%. So it's four points larger than it was. And she's basically going to has to dip into her, you know, her, her retirement savings just to keep it, and she doesn't even know she can keep it. A lot of people are trying to, you know, kind of bail out the boat, but they won't be able to. And so, you know, when you've got this kind of thing happening, I know it's happening in the United States as well, and the housing prices and all these different issues uh, in terms of cost, of energy cost and all this stuff. And then you turn around, and the prime minister is still flying around, and all his cabinet are all over the place. They just had a retreat in Prince Edward Island, where most families would love to go but can't afford to take their kids there. They go out and have big lobster dinners and smoke Cuban cigars and, you know, it's not hurting them. And I'll tell you, I've never in my whole time, and I've been a reporter since 1984, it's almost 40 years, I've never seen a time a tinderbox like Canada is right now. And I don't know what's going to happen, but it, it's something is going to happen because people are really hurting here. Yeah, uh, for people who don't know, uh, I know because I have a mortgage up in Canada on a property up there. Um, you don't get a 30-year mortgage. You get a 25-year mortgage up there. And the rate changes every five years. Uh, we did, redid our mortgage last year right before the bottom fell out, and we're at 3-point-something, 3.2%. But uh, if you did your mortgage four years ago and didn't uh, 
renegotiate it, uh, you know, like a year ago, then after five years, it automatically goes to whatever the bank says it goes to. And you, you're, you're sitting there with a, a mortgage at 3%, and all of a sudden, as you said, it's 6 or 7 And you, you don't, you know, your income hasn't changed. Well, and the, and the income have gone down because everything, they've got carbon taxes in here. You know, sort of, they say there's forest fires, so we're going to tax you more. The more they tax you, it doesn't seem to affect the forest fires. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they never mentioned that there's mostly arson cases or, or human error, people that light campfires and things like that. No, uh, you know, I basically I'm in that position myself. So I empathize and I understand. You know, I'm basically a guy who lives in a townhouse. I've got, you know, an 11-year-old, you know, and I also have a 23-year-old living in the basement going to college. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you, in the next few months, when you know I'm at the end of that five-year cycle, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And so, so you you talk about stress, like you you can't help but think, well, what? How am I going to do this? Uh, I make less money because I make the same money I made five or ten, or even more than that, fifteen years ago. Used to be a, a good income. Now it's not. Can't go. You know, we don't go to the Blue Jay games or the Leaf games or any of that stuff. We still go to, when we go out, we go to Burger King or McDonald's. But, but basically, you know, it's become like that. And that, this is just one example. There's people a lot worse off. People, that, But it, it makes you wonder because the prime minister and the government, they keep talking about things, and I write about it, the, you know, whether it's the transgender teacher or all the things that are their priorities, where most people are like, that's not my priority. I don't want anything but success for people. But I also want to be able to feed my family and not be able to stay up all night worrying. How am I? What am I going to sell? Uh, you know, to to uh, make the the bank payment, and and that's where we're at here. And you know, I know in the U.S. and I follow the U.S. politics and all of that stuff. You've got a big story breaking right now in the U.S. at uh, Chapel Hill, I think it is, and and all these things. We watch all of that, and with fascination, we see the division there. Uh, for the 50-50 division over the federal politics. Yeah. Well, here it's not quite like that, as you know. Uh, we spent a lot of time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's getting like that. And for the very first time, I think Prime Minister Trudeau really is in trouble. Uh, I think that he, he may, you know, his best option might be just to run, to bolt, uh, because the polls show him losing in a major landslide. Now, the election won't be for another year or two. He kind of holds the cards on that. But I don't think things are going to get better, John, in the next year. So, yeah, who knows? We'll see. Well, you mentioned a carbon tax. See, we, we, I, I pay more attention than the average person does to what's going on up there. Um, but and I, I just get this feeling that, um, you know, we have we have liberals in charge of way too many institutions here. The schools, the, you know, too many state courts, uh, just too many, uh, too many places that were, and the media. Um, but up there. I, I just get the feeling that it's worse there because it's the level of insanity is up a notch. Plus, I just it seems to me like the liberals have more power than they even they do have here. And, well, you have yeah. yeah. That's why Sorry that's why I like up, to right? have you on because I keep thinking that what we're seeing in Canada, like you I, you mentioned the carbon tax. What is that? How does that affect everybody on a daily basis? And whose idea was it? And how they get rid of it? You know, it's a liberal idea. Basically, what it is is they tax you for your use. So, basically, carbon is pollution tax. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to go on, you know, obviously the companies and that kind of thing. But the average goes off of my paycheck. Mm-hmm. And they did one before, and now they've done another one, double the, the, the cost. So, 
you know, they take away the plastic bags. You go to the grocery well, store. So you wait a minute, Joe. Well, excuse me, Joe. Is, you say it comes out of your paycheck. Is there a carbon tax that's drawn yes. out of your paycheck that you have to pay? Yes. It's not. You have to pay. It comes off your paycheck. How much? And you have, uh, Well, it, this latest one is, I think it's like an extra 35 or 40 bucks. And so, so that's, you know, that's, that's one trip to... That's, That's one, you know, not even a tank of gas. I mean, and, yeah. and it goes on all the other gas prices. Like gas here, you know, is is pushing towards that two dollars a liter business, which I think would be seven or eight dollars a gallon. Yeah, I was going to ask you about and that. So, what, how much gas was it? Yeah. So there's there are a little bit more than but, three liters in a gallon. So, well, you know what? Uh, I think it's more like five liters, oh, and okay. uh, or four and a half, something like that. But whatever it is. It's too much, I'll tell you that. And, you know, Canada is a very big place to drive around. You know, it's not like some places in Europe or what have you where you don't really have to drive anywhere. Right. Like, I live in the greater Toronto area. If I, on a routine day, I may have to go 150 kilometers just to go from one end of the city to the other or to a mm-hmm. meeting or whatever. And so it costs a lot of money. And But the carbon tax is basically a hocus-pocus tax to say, look, we're we're charging you for your... Uh, pollution and you know your carbon usage and that's going to help the environment canada is not a major emitter they don't they don't do that with china and india the places that you know emit a lot more now the u.s is all these same problems i mean you call them different things but you have all that same nonsense where you know basically people are being run into the ground to pay for something that's not going to help it doesn't help it just makes liberal politicians feel better Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to that WEF stuff. But, you know, you take everything, John, that has happened in the last few years, whether it's the, the vaccines or whether it's the mandate, lockdown, or whether it's this or whether it's that war over in Ukraine, all these things cost billions and trillions and trillions of dollars. They all come out of people in Canada and the United States. Mm-hmm. And nobody I know, I don't, and I, uh, luckily I know because I've been to Ukraine as a reporter, but nobody, none of my friends know where it is. They cannot put it on a map. No. They don't know anything about it. They know that it, they know about Kiev, but they're told that don't, don't pronounce it that way or you're racist. So <laughs> that's about the end of it. And uh, and so, you know, people are starting to look around and going, you know what? Uh, all your pet projects are all well and good. But I can't feed my family now. I cannot get in the car. I'm worried about uh, losing my home. Enough is enough. And so... Now, what's good about America, you mentioned it before, one of the things that I admire about it is that everything that happens, there's a big swath of people on both sides. Mm-hmm. So you saw that uh, last week with the Donald Trump indictment. Well, yeah. you know, that sort of backfired on, on the people that were pushing it, mm-hmm. because in Georgia, lots of people posting to social media their, you know, their, their point of view on it. I didn't see any of that coming. That seems organic to me, but what it's, it shows me is that people think for themselves and they, they do that. Here, if you do that, you'll get your bank account canceled. You'll be pushed out of your whatever clubs or, or social groups you're in, and you'll be ostracized. And that's what we live in here. It's a, basically a gulag, and it's really, really uh, tough for people like, like me that make a living you know, uh, writing opinion and commenting on things, all that kind of stuff. But I, I, look, at, if you give up your free speech, then you give up everything. Yeah, and um, so just to be clear, this carbon tax comes out of every paycheck it does so you're saying like every week or every two weeks whenever you get paid 35 or 45 dollars something like that gets taken out you're talking about your paycheck but 
uh, every week you have to look at your paycheck and see that you're being charged for existing, basically. Yeah, and it's double what it was. They already did one before. You know, they'll, they'll, what they do is that what the government does is say, no, 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 we give you some of that back. So that, you know, you get a car, so they'll send you back a check for a hundred bucks somewhere. This is where it really gets tricky. So you get this hundred bucks at a time when you can't feed your family and you go, well, well, thank you. (laughs) Of course, you've over the year, you've paid 600 bucks or 800 bucks, depends on who. uh, And you pay more than that because you're paying on all the, you know, whether you get tank of gas or whether you go to Costco and all that, those bills, all of those things are incorporated into their pricing, too. Right, and everybody so has to remember, too, sorry to interrupt, but everybody has to remember, too, that there's a 13% sales tax up there on everything. Everything. There is. Yeah. We're taxed to the point of about 90%. And now we're into the savings. And the insurance thing, you know, I, my, my, my father is in his, in his mid-80s, and, you know, he, he's a veteran, and he doesn't deserve this. Some young people came... And they threw a rock through the front window of his house. It had nothing to do with him, we don't think. Yeah. They just decided that house has a nice window. Let's yeah. break that. Yeah, Young right. people, they tick yeah. off. No one cares. The police don't care. He goes to say, okay, well, I'll phone my insurance company. This is a guy who's paid for 60 years his insurance and never put a claim in before. What do they say to him? Well, Mr. Warmington, senior, uh, $1,000 deductible. Ugh. And he goes, well, it's 600 bucks to fix the window. Like, yeah. So he's got to go and, uh, you know, this is a, a guy that's been in the military and served the country and dig up 600 bucks out of his already tight budget at this time to fix his window. And the insurance isn't there. He didn't know about this, uh, some sort of special insurance, uh, you know, adjustable thing that went to $1,000. So basically, why has he paid in for all those years, which is his question, and why does no one care to go and arrest those guys that did it and stop them? Are they going to come back and do it again? We have a problem when you, it's a, it really is the broken windows thing right there. I just described. Yep. Basically, it's that. You let that go and you put that cost onto an, a senior that served the country mm-hmm. and, you know, raised his family and done all the things right, never did a thing wrong. And you basically say, we don't care about you. We don't care. Well, I got, and, uh, I got to, I, I can't let you go without asking you about this. I got about two and a half minutes. You have a guy named Lemieux making news up there. It's not Mario. Yeah, not Mario. Yeah, and I see that it's it's the man with the triple Z prosthetic breasts. He has resurfaced. I think everybody's seen the picture of this insane person. What's the latest on this creep? Well, I had the front page story in the Toronto Sun on Sunday, and it's been picked up by New York Post and the, all the British papers. Yeah. And basically, he he was uh, you know all the the hubble you know last year. And this year, he's back at the Hamilton-Wentworth School Board. Hamilton's a steel town. That'll go over really well there. Still with the and breasts? he's back in the school. Gonna be, apparently, he's, uh, you know, the, the principal put out a thing and told the parents that his comforts are most important. Not your, not your kids. You know what? They had 25 uh, bomb threats last year from all over the world. Bomb threats came in. But you're going to have to learn to live with it because his rights his outweigh feelings. your yeah. kids' rights. And... uh and, you know, it's amazing to me because it's not just that he's a transgender and all that stuff, because that's not the issue. The issue is he isn't that. He's been caught by the New York Post and by David Menzies of the Rebel, Ezra Levant's group. They've caught this guy. We've run all those pictures without all the prosthetics, mm-hmm. walking to, in the mall or out of the mall, that kind of thing. So when he doesn't need to, when he wants to shop, he doesn't wear all that stuff, but he must wear it when he's in the classroom with children 
uh, it's lunacy. And it's, uh, you know, again, like I said, it's very risky to say it too strongly here in Canada because people get down your, your back about it and say you're uh, homophobic or transphobic or something like that. It's got nothing to do with that. The reality is the kids are what we're here to educate. And if he wants to do all that stuff in his own time, that's what he should do, but not in the classroom. And, uh, and the government is you know, backing no him. One any guts to, no one with any guts to say anything like that. No, the government is backing him. They do. And, uh, and you know, it's it's most important thing. Everything, everybody else is more important than the average family trying to make a living and raise their kids. That's like way down the list. You know, they send billions of dollars over to Ukraine to for weapons to fight. And then the weapons show up in other countries and other conflicts. Mm-hmm. And who's making that money? Yeah. You know, like it's one thing to say we're helping, but okay, we're not really helping if the money's going to other terrorists in other countries. So you can see what's going to happen. Yep. And jo- so, like I said, these, these people never get anything right, and they tell you you're wrong for pointing that out. I'm, I'm out of time, Joe. I'm glad you're able to help us keep an eye on Canada because I think we better watch out because what's happening there is coming here. I appreciate it. I'll have you on again soon. Oh, you, you better believe it is. All the best. All right. That's Joe Warmington, Toronto's son, and it's pretty pathetic. Does the name uh, Brandon Johnson mean anything to you? He's the mayor of Chicago. Okay. Now, he's a, I believe, I don't know if he's a, a, an avowed socialist, but he's one of those guys. And um, he got elected because he got elected. It's Chicago. He's a Democrat, and he won the primary, and he beat the idiot who was in there before that looked like, uh, what's his name, that Michael Keaton played? Uh, Beetlejuice, they used to call her. Um, well, this guy's the mayor of Chicago. This is the guy who doesn't want mobs to refer, be referred to as mobs, and he wants kids who carjack people to be, you know, understood and maybe not necessarily go to jail. Anyway, the latest thing is, is he's filing suit against Kia and Hyundai. Those are two car makers, obviously, because lots of cars have been stolen. It's up over 100% over last year, the number of cars stolen in Chicago. And I guess there's something about a Kia and a Hyundai that they're easier to steal, or some something. Uh, I guess in the car theft community, um, they figured it out. So all these thefts are happening, and Brandon Johnson decided to file suit against Kia and Hyundai because they have manufactured cars that lacked appropriate anti-theft measures. This is the this is a guy who is the mayor of Chicago, Illinois. He's a mayor of Chicago, and he wants to sue car companies because their cars are too easy to steal. That's his solution to the car thefts. This is the world we're living in. The guy is a Democrat. If if the election were held tomorrow and Thomas Jefferson came back from the dead... To run against him in Chicago, he'd get 85% of the vote. I hope every person who voted for this guy has their car stolen tonight. I would say that I hope that they'd also get run over by it, but that would be a little too mean. But I do hope that their car is stolen tonight if you voted for this guy. (laughs) I'll talk to you tomorrow. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.